0: penny for your thoughts. This podcast builds on the spirit and the values of those 19th century hard-working Welsh quarry workers and farmers whose one penny contributions were critical to the foundation of Bangor University in 1884. They saw the value in making academic knowledge and research accessible to their community and so do we at Bangor Business School. This podcast series brings together our cutting-edge knowledge new theories and our expert opinions and insight on important business matters to share with you our podcast community. This month's podcast is focusing on corporate socio-political activism and how business investment, particularly retail investment, Can be impacted by the social and political stance a company takes on various current issues and movements of our time. One such movement is Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter seeks to highlight racism, discrimination and racial inequality experienced by black people. Its primary concerns are incidents of police brutality and racially motivated violence against black people. So how does a corporate stance impact aspects of business, such as retail investment? We turn to Dr. Ian Orujov, lecturer in finance at Bangor Business School, who is going to share his knowledge, insights, and research on this very interesting subject. Thank you for joining us this morning, Ian.
1: Thank you, uh, thank you for inviting me.
0: This is a really interesting um, topic that we're going to be talking about today and obviously one that is, you know, very timely, very current and and very emotive as well. Um, So, the the main focus of your research, from what I understand it to be, is corporate socio-political activism?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Um, Can you, for my, my benefit and for our listeners, just unpack that a little bit for us please what what does it mean
1: uh, sure so corporate social political activism is uh, essentially when companies take a stance and declare their uh, their stance or their position on a um, social or political issue okay um, now there is a distinction between corporate socio-political activism and corporate social responsibility or CSR the distinction being that um, the issues that concern social corporate social responsibility are usually um, less controversial oh, and okay. less partisan
0: That's interesting.
1: So there's a lot of research on corporate social responsibility and how companies' behavior in that domain affects various things. Um, But uh, corporate social responsibility, like I said, it revolves around things like environment, things that if you were to survey people, most people would agree that these issues are important. Whereas corporate socio-political activism is different in the sense that there is usually more controversy and more um, partisanship regarding these issues. So let me give you an example. Um, after a deadly school shooting, uh, I can't remember which one. Now it was in 2008, I think. Uh, Delta Airlines have uh, announced that they will be severing their ties with the National Rifle Association. So that's taken a stance um, against people owning guns. Or Starbucks, for example, after the immigration bill was implemented, announcing that they will be hiring more immigrants. Again, that's taken a stance. Uh, So you can see these issues are quite controversial in the sense that there would be no consensus. Yep. And moreover, the consensus will be different depending on where you are, which country or which state. Um, so that's what makes corporate social political activism, that's what corporate social political activism is basically.
0: So it's it's more challenging really, and I guess it's, it's more risky for organizations essentially to take a stance because it's subjective because it's situational, and because it's geographically kind of different, depending on where you are, and you know if you're in the central of the United States of America um, versus whether you are in the Amazonian jungle in Peru, for example, yep. um, because of the different societal perceptions of what is right and what is wrong, and, and values. It's very very interesting, and I hadn't actually appreciated that there were two terms: the corporate social responsibility and the corporate social activism that are similar, but also very different. If that makes sense.
1: Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Yes.
0: So. Um, what is societal attitude towards company engaging in corporate social activism? Then, um, I guess, I guess it's it's different depending on which society you're talking about. But based on your research, what what have you found societal differences to be?
1: Well, the the surveys that I have looked at, they all point towards a uh, a trend towards um society wanting companies to take a stance
0: so that's 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 a
1: recently um, uh, developing phenomenon yeah um but when i say society there are of course many actors here so you usually need to be more specific in particular uh consumers are certainly they certainly like companies to declare their stance on these issues uh, and there's evidence that more than half of population of consumers buy or boycott brands depending on their uh, their stance but they want them to declare that yeah. stance
0: that's really interesting Um I don't know whether you've explored this empirically but Is there a generational difference there? You know, you think of your sort of your baby boomers and your Gen Ys. Is that something that you've looked into with regards to this need for corporations to declare their stance?
1: Right. Uh, We haven't looked at it in our research, but um, I'm pretty sure that these surveys that I quote, There will be an age breakdown. So uh, that would be definitely an interesting thing to look at. Yes Uh, For
0: sure. Um, And because I mean we do see more I think and I could be absolutely Generalizing and this is purely anecdotal, but I think we do see more um, You know activism in those of the younger generations Yes, and I think that is on the increase. I mean we've got fantastic role models, haven't we?
1: Yes. Yes, but that could also be that could also go the other way, I think, because um, older people tend to be more conservative. Yeah. And they may prefer a company to take a conservative stance yes. as well. Yes. So yeah. it would yeah. be interesting which way this would go. Absolutely, you know? an
0: idea for your, for your next yeah, paper. <laughs> yeah, why not, yeah. Penny for your thoughts. Brought to you by Bangor Business School. I know that a specific interest of yours is investment. And finance. So, how how do you bring your interest in investment and finance into this really fascinating area?
1: Right. So, um, so let me just tell you how I got this idea to begin yeah, with. Sure. I'd so, love to hear. Two thousand twenty lockdown. Obviously, not much to do. Not many places to go to, and. Uh, these um, uh, these protests break out uh, in the in the U.S. as a result of uh, the death of George Floyd, which sparks the Black Lives Matter protests. And uh, what I realized then was that many companies started to take a stance. Well, to take a stance, they they declared their support for the movement. And uh, what I realized then was that that was the first time. On my memory when companies did that right so before you could see a company taking a they usually big companies taking a stance sporadically on this issue on that issue but i think these 2020 black lives matter protests were the first time when corporations started to take a stance and my first thought as an academic was uh, does anyone really care about companies saying these things that they declare support for the movement so that's how I got the idea, because obviously I'm I'm a researcher in finance. So my first idea was to investigate whether uh, people would care about this kind of thing. And uh, I realized very soon when I started doing the research that there were already was a paper that was looking at the investor reaction to the corporate social activism. But they were looking at an investor reaction in general and because most investors or the biggest investors are institutional investors so just to compare there are two types of investors right just to clarify this for the audience the institutional investors such as mutual funds pension funds but there are also retail investor or individual investors you know just the regular people like you and i who got a trading app and can uh, buy and sell stocks on their phone so what the paper that i'm referring to looked at was Investors in general, which um, Basically meant institutional investors and these institutional investors tend tend to not like as it turns out companies uh, engaging in CSA as Opposed to the general public like we discussed before
0: oh, that's interesting. Yes, yeah, interesting. and the interesting.
1: reason why they do that is because of what you mentioned is because these issues are so controversial and risky And as we know, investors don't like risk. So they perceive, when a company declares a stance on a socio-political issue, they they perceive it as a risky business, you know. And, uh, yeah, they don't necessarily like that. So the the finding from this paper was that the firm value usually decreases when the company announces the support. And there are nuances there as well, that um, these this negative reaction is mitigated by things like geography, by things like your company's consumer base, company's employees. So depending on which way each of these groups are leaning, whether they are more uh, liberal or conservative, and depending on the issue that is, that is being supported, the, the result is different. But in general, the investors don't like this idea. So what I decided to do, I decided to look at how retail investors react to, to these, uh, to these declarations, because the evidence have shown that retail investors behave differently to institutional investors. In particular, that they are not always rational. They are driven by things, by, by cognitive biases of all kinds, attention bias, uh, um, but also I thought maybe they just, they would just buy shares in companies that support Black Lives Matter because they support Black Lives Matter and it resonates with their own stance regardless of any value implications there. And so that's, that's how I decided to, to, you know, to, uh, work on this project.
0: That's really interesting. And thanks for clarifying the difference between the institutional and and retail investors. Um, if you were to draw a pie chart sort of um, showing that the, the the complete um, number mm-hmm. of investors yeah. what proportion of that pie chart would be would consist of retail yeah investors? very
1: good question um, so uh, I read somewhere I, I, I don't remember which survey it was but I think in the US it's around 30 35 percent would be retail investors, yeah. Uh, But that's more than in other countries, obviously, because in the US, the retail investor market is more developed, I think. Um, So about 30, 35, but that was before the pandemic. So if you remember what happened during the pandemic is that retail investment went through the roof, right? So everyone started trading stocks because, you know, they were bored or they had too much money, they weren't going out uh for several reasons um yes i actually have another project that looks at one of the factors here but
0: uh yeah that that can be podcast number two yes yeah sure (laughs) uh
1: but here so we also remember the meme stock episode if you if if the 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 audience let me just remind them so in early 2021 there were these five or six stocks that uh, went through the roof because retail investors started trading them um, as a as a way of punishing hedge funds who uh, took a short position on these companies. And what happened was the share prices of these companies absolutely exploded. They went up by four, five hundred, sometimes thousands of percent, which is clearly a distortion of of the market. So I think that, that demonstrates how important retail investors can be in the market and how important it is to understand what drives their motivation to trade.
0: I remember that well and it was just, it was all over my social media feed. There was a real buzz about that, wasn't there? And the fact that they'd achieved what they set out to do. Penny for your thoughts. Brought to you by Bangor Business School. In terms of these retail investors, then, how is their reaction different to institutional um, investors' reactions? Then, what what did you find?
1: Right. So, what we found was that, first of all, we confirmed in our setting as well in the in the Black Lives Matter setting that uh, institutional investors do not react to the declarations of support for black lives matter now with the retail investors it's it's more interesting it's it's nuanced okay. so what we find is that retail investors buy shares in companies that support the black lives matter but only if the if the companies also pledge some monetary support for the movement.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, so let me just, just, they've got to put their money where their mouth is.
1: Exactly. Yes. So let me just differentiate this. So we found, uh, several ways that companies can declare their support for black lives matter by looking at their social media posts, their corporate websites. And we found that, companies either just verbally supported the movement, put out a post and state saying something to the effect of we, are, we support the, uh, the movement, the, the, the diversity and uh, we condemn the police brutality. Sometimes they combine this with uh, pledging some monetary support uh, to uh, Black Lives Matter related causes. For example, a, a charity one of the charities uh, that looks after the welfare of African American uh, people, such as NCAP uh, um, and and some others. Another way that companies declared their support was um, they participated in this so-called Black Tuesday, Blackout Tuesday. So this was a social media day when I think it was second of June when. Instead, when, when the companies decided that, some companies decided that instead of posting stuff on their social media web, web pages, they'll just post a black square. So, these different ways of supporting the movement, we looked at each one of them uh, and we found that when the company just verbally speaks up in support of Black Lives Matter, then retail investors don't really react. So, if anything, the, they react negatively but it's only when the companies uh, combine this with a pledge to donate simultaneously. Like when they speak up for the first time and they say, yes, we're also going to, they don't wait yeah. you know, for like yeah. a week or two and then donate. They simultaneously speak up and donate, then retail investors increase their, their, their holdings in these companies.
0: That's really interesting. I think what surprised me there is first of all, the negative um reaction to only posting on social media um but also the the the, the, the sort of the timeliness that they have to post them sim- simultaneously yeah. they have to pledge simultaneously um, did you find any differences with the amount pledged or haven't haven't you looked at that or yeah
1: uh, yes editor? we have looked at that yeah. and uh, um the results are consistent in the sense that the more money the company donates, uh, scaled by their size. Uh, because obviously, um, if a big company donates, uh, a big amount of money, it's not the same as if the small company donates the same amount of money. So we scale them by the company size and we find that yes, um, when the companies speak up and donate at the same time, the effect increases the more the companies donate as a a proportion of their size. So, yeah, yeah, it does matter.
0: Penny for your thoughts. Brought to you by Bangor Business School. What explains then retail investors' reaction to company support for Black Lives Matter?
1: Uh, Yeah, so we then decided to sort of identify the the mechanism or the source where it comes from and uh, there is some evidence in the literature that suggests that uh, retail investors have limited attention so they can only trade stocks that for some reason attract their attention so one explanation here would be that uh, by declaring their support for Black Lives Matter, these companies are sort of uh, bringing themselves in in the limelight and the retail make themselves more visible to retail investors. And that's what makes retail investors trade. An alternative explanation here is that the investors buy these companies because they like companies Declaring their support for moral reasons in other words, right? So if I support black lives matter and if I see the company supports black lives matter, I want to buy shares in that company. And what we find, uh, doing, uh, various tests in our paper is that it's the latter explanation that, uh, is more plausible. So in other words, we do find that investors, Prefer these companies because uh, of their moral sentiment, not because of the attention.
0: Is there a particular? I'm just thinking now. You've got me thinking about you know what is a typical? Who is a typical retail investor? And you know is uh, because I think of a retail investor, I think of potentially a 25 year old mm-hmm. up to 35 year old someone tech savvy swiping on their phone they've got their social media posts going on you know with their hashtags um so do you think there is a a a clear type of demographic for a retail investor and that that retail investor would therefore be more inclined to have that sort of ethical value
1: yeah that's an excellent question and um So we are using the retail database. We are using in our paper is from Robinhood and we know roughly the demographic, the average demographic of a Robinhood uh, trader, which is exactly what you describe tech savvy, young, concentrated in big cities in mostly liberal states. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, I think that you could generalize this to retail investors, so. Uh, yes absolutely that i think uh, explains to a certain extent these these findings but also we conduct some uh, subsample tests and we actually look at whether companies um, located in more liberal or more conservative states whether they uh, the reaction was different for them and we indeed find that it is only for companies that were located in a liberal state where the retail investors increase their ownership of these companies now you may say at this point what does the headquarters have to do with retail investors surely they can trade from anywhere that's true but there's also an overwhelming evidence in the literature to suggest that people usually trade stocks in their own state or in their own city which suggests that um, when a company based in a liberal state declares support for Black Lives Matter, it's mostly the liberal retail investors yeah. that, yeah.
0: that makes sense. end up
1: owning owning these stocks.
0: That's interesting. So so um, the retail investors also, they like to stay quite close to home when they're investing. It's almost that they, they need that, Sense of familiarity, or I don't know, affiliation with an organization. Yeah,
1: so you you hit the nail on the head there. And uh, familiarity is actually one of the main reasons why they tend to stick with the companies in this in their own uh, city or, or area. Uh, another reason uh, would be uh, another another reason would be that. Uh, they are just uh, their pool of investment is li- their attention is limited, and they only know companies in their own, uh, which also in a way goes back to to familiarity. But yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely one of the reasons. Yes.
0: Penny for your thoughts, brought to you by Bangor Business School. What what have you learned from your findings, and, and you know why why are your findings important, and sort of what relevance do, do they have?
1: Right. So I think the findings are important for companies in the sense that uh, they tell several things to companies. First is that um, it's good to support a social cause, but only if you are sincere about it. You know, only, only if you are, if, if your support is credible. Okay, so another another thing here, which I didn't mention, was that the effect that I described only applied for companies that already had black directors on board.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that was another
1: thing in the beginning when I started doing this research. I read an article in Financial Times whereby someone uh, posted on under like commented on. the post from the company supporting Black Lives Matter I said, "Oh, but I, I just looked at your board of directors; they're, they're all white." Uh, so that gave me an idea. Okay, does would this make a difference? And it yeah. actually does make a difference. Yeah. That it's only for companies that already have black directors on board that um, investors perceive this as a more credible sort of,
0: right. as a
1: more sincere. Yeah. Um,
0: so I guess trust then that I would imagine that there must be an aspect of trust they see a black director on board so they have credibility they um, have that sense of sincerity but they also have trust because there is a black director on the board yes of directors. yes absolutely yes yeah.
1: yeah that that is one of the factors that matters yeah. so
0: you've talked about what's important in terms of you know how, how what your findings mean for companies. Yes. Um, and and they really do kind of um go right back to company values, don't they? The, these words help you know, trust, sincerity, credibility. Yes. Um and you know I teach organisational culture, so yeah. you know you're talking about these words for me is really exciting, really interesting, really about yeah. just how important. Yeah. yeah getting your your values right is as an organization. Yeah. And it also
1: shows that uh, even with retail investors who um many people wouldn't consider as the most sophisticated investors, even with them you can't fool them that you know they they can see right through what uh, what you're real whether you are whether you mean what you say. Yeah.
0: No that, that 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 you know espoused culture this is your actual culture yes is exactly this talk or, yes, or, or act, yes 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 and that's
1: that's the, that's the most fascinating
0: yeah. thing
1: that I find about yeah. this research yeah.
0: so okay so we've talked about what you find these mean for companies but what about then for um, investors
1: it is good to I guess to invest in something that you believe in but we have to say uh, is this a good investment in terms of uh, return monetary return i'm not sure about that and there's evidence that shows that this type of investments do not lead to superior performance
0: interesting yes so i guess the call would be there would be the, or the question why are you making the investment are you making this for financial gain or are you making this because morally yeah you want to make a contribution to a good honest sincere credible yeah. organization
1: yeah exactly yeah well that question we we haven't answered in our paper but it's a very good question to think about yes yeah. absolutely yeah
0: are there any other um, sort of findings that are important outside of companies and investors themselves and um, you know in terms of Academia, or even the Black Lives Matter community. I think
1: the core message here would be that uh, when companies are sincere about their intentions and they back their words with financial, uh, uh, w- with with, with uh, some kind of a financial support, that benefits the companies in a sense that retail investors like that, but that also benefits these. Uh, charities right because yeah. uh, That's how they get yeah. their support Absolutely. and uh, Yeah, so that's why that's why this is this is important. Uh, I think to make this very clear that If you are especially if you are a big company if you just say we support black lives matter Well, the value of that is is not very high
0: Penny for your thoughts Brought to you by Bangor Business School. It's been really fascinating to to listen to your research. So, just to finish up, where, where are you thinking of going next? Then, I mean, we've we've identified a few interesting areas, haven't we? So, what are your plans? Uh,
1: so I think this this area needs to be explored further. And uh, yeah, you've given me some some good ideas. Oh uh, well,
0: you're welcome. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was. <laughs> it's you made an interesting point about why investors invest here whether do they do it just for moral reasons or do they expect some kind of profit there Mm -hmm. so i think Mm -hmm. i think that could be explored but that would probably require something like a survey uh, just to see explicitly what their motivations are i think that's this is very interesting yes
0: i am i was also thinking while you were talking about you know um gender diversity and you know, you're talking about having um, black representation at board level. Well, um, you know, possibly with a different um, uh, socio-political activism area, um, you could even look at female representation at board level and have yep. a look at issues, possibly in more masculine countries and just see yep. how. But um, really, really fascinating. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Ian, for for sharing your research, your your insight, and your knowledge with us today, I've, I've really enjoyed learning from you, and uh, co-creating a bit of knowledge and yeah. future directions.
1: Yeah, thank you. I also enjoyed it very much, and yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Penny for Your Thoughts, brought to you by Bangor Business School. Subscribe through your usual podcast channel, and don't forget to like and share.